y'all get ready for another edition of News and Trends with your host, Dave and Lynn. Welcome, welcome, welcome to News and Trends with Dave and Lynn. I am one of your hosts, Mr. David Coker, proprietor of Dave Mark Inc., music management, marketing specialist, um, event planner, all-around good guy, and partner to this guy on the other side uh, who... (laughs) I want to say remains nameless, but I got to introduce him since he's my partner. Mr. Leonard Young, what's going on, guy? Yeah, everything's going good, Dave. This is Leonard Young, CEO of National Black Guide, DelawareBlack.com, Black Media Specialist and all-around good guy. How you doing, Dave? Hey, man, it's, 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 it's all gravy, man. It's the beginning of the week. Here we are, uh, another Tuesday, um, you know, trying to uh, get this thing on. You know, we made it through the weekend. Did you have anything over the weekend that you did exciting? Nah, re- really nothing. Um, I know Saturday, I, you know, I just tried to avoid um, Noah's Ark and all that rain we had. But I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, other than that, nothing, you know, just catch up on some stuff. What about you? Uh, I hung out with our, our buddy, uh, DJ Tim Dog, uh, you know, for his birthday party. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, he, you know, he's getting up there in age. So I, I had to go and support him, uh, you know, make sure he was all right. Um, but down in Smyrna at this new place down in Smyrna called, uh, the end zone. Mm-hmm. So, but that was pretty good. Uh, we had a good time and, and then, uh, the rest of the weekend, uh, I got out there and cut that grass, man. Finally got that oh. first cutting done. Okay. How, how, how long did it take you? Uh, well, Actually, it didn't take too long. It was just, you know, that first cutting, man. I, I had a jungle out there, man. Then it was a jungle. Look, I, I finally get finished, and I'm walking back to the shed, and this thing moves. It was a garden snake. It was a long one, too, man. Uh, you know, so I did something I shouldn't have did. What? What did you do? Ate it? I had, I was using my weed whacker. <laughs> did you kill it? <laughs> <laughs> and I was cutting down weeds, and and, uh, and when I saw the the garden snake, I said, "Oh, okay, all right." And then I just accidentally hit the button. <laughs> all right. Well, we we already know Peter's gonna come out here, and uh, you know look, they they, look, they have some words to say with you. His mom, his mom, his mom is probably going to come looking for me soon. Like, what you did yeah. to my baby? Right. You know, so. But um. Yeah, but I was like, you're in the wrong yard, guy. That's all I got to say, you know. So. Hey, all I can say is when you let the grass get, well, um, uh, what's that saying? You got to cut the grass to keep the snakes away? Or, in, in yeah. There. yeah, it was high, man. I had to I had to go out there and, and get rid of that. That that first cutting ain't no joke, though. I'm telling you, it ain't no joke. So, yeah. So I ain't I ain't young like you, man. I can't be out there doing that stuff, man. It was it was it was rough out there. Well, then why why you wait so long, then? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kept looking outside, saying, uh, "Cut yourself, cut yourself, cut yourself." That's what I was doing, you know. But yeah. I, next time I know, I'll just come around your house and get you to do it. That's all. 
anyway, all right. All right. I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> yeah, but um, it was a. It, other than that, man, it was. It was uh, the weekend was pretty cool. You know, um, I wanted. I wanted to talk to you this week about uh, one of my favorite shows, and but you know, you haven't caught up on it yet. You know, Snowfall. We were just talking about it a few minutes ago. But man, I now I got to wait for you to catch up, man, because I want I want to talk to you about this show, man. How it ended. All right, well, well, Dave. All I can say is I'm about two seasons behind. So, oh you Lord, may, I'm right, forget it. I'm right, forget it. You you may want to talk to some of your other friends about Snowfall. And yeah, I'll, I'll catch you next year. Yeah, I know when you when you finally catch up. Okay, I get it. All right, no problem. All right. Well, with that being said, well, we uh, are fortunate enough to have a guest on with us this week, right? Right. Definitely. Okay. So. Um, so, folks, um, sit back, and Leonard's going to inter- uh, tell you a little bit about the guests, and then we're going to introduce the guests and bring them on. Sure. So, uh, today, Dave, we want to welcome to the show Joe Bellardo. He is the organizer of the Delaware Music Network. He has spent many years promoting culture and community, and he's excited to work on platforms that can strengthen both. So without further ado to the show, we would like to welcome Joe Bellardo. Joe, how you doing, sir? I'm good. Everything's beautiful. Good, good. Okay. Welcome, welcome. So, so to start everything off, can you tell us about um, the Delaware Music Network and you know how slash why was it founded? Okay, well, <clears throat> it started, it actually started with me um, as you mentioned, um, I'm into building community and helping to organize things. So I started in my house, actually. I opened up my house, I renamed it Umoja House, which Umoja means unity. So in Umoja House, we started having different people from the community that did different things, like say they made their own whipped shea butter. It's like, okay, well, you can sell it here. Right. Um, if people had information they wanted to share, if people were, were cooking, they're trying to get their cooking thing going, okay, we'll make platters and we'll sell them out of here. Well, it turns out that a lot of people I know are do music. So we're like, okay, we can sell your CDs here, you know? And then that turned into, I said, well, if NPR could have uh, a, um, they could do a concert in their office, I was like, why can't we do a concert in my living room? Right. So we started doing, we started having whole bands. We had uh, Anaya Jazz. We had all kinds of people performing um, in the living room. So from there, as as y'all do here on the show, you know, we start talking, and and the thing is, I know different musicians and uh, music artists at different levels of their career. So e- even the ones that are a little more seasoned and, you know, have experience, they were saying in the conversation, like, you know, it's hard. It, it's easy for them to get paid to perform somewhere and be quote unquote live entertainment. But as far as their original stuff that they created, you know, there wasn't that much eagerness from those um, venues to hear that, you know, so Delaware Music Network became a support group for the creative artists that are creating original music. 
Um, which, like I said, there's a lot of karaoke, there's a lot of cover bands, there's a lot of stuff like that. There's a lot of live entertainment where people are having their, their drinks and their food while someone's singing, but they're not really paying attention. So we want to advocate for the artists to create experiences where they would be the focal point. Um, so that started with the open mic. We, we did the open mic jam session. Um, and then from there, again, from more conversations, we started seeing that they needed more support. So now we do coaching and consultations to actually help them help artists with their careers. Um, and just all the different, the, all the different aspects of music. Um, and one thing that, that we see now in, in the music field is, you know, back in the day there were these, you know, the labels were big and powerful, you know, these corporate entities and they would sign people to record deals and so on. And they did what, what we call artist development. So even as long as you had talent, you could have probably got picked up or whatever by a label and then they would help you to develop and become who you were. But now the way it works is everybody's independent, independently doing what they're doing. And if you're good enough, you know, you can get enough airplay and, and you know, but you, you kind of have to already have it. Right. So there's not the artist development as there used to be. So we're, we now as Delaware Music Network, we could be that staff. You could be an independent artist and you don't, you may not have a big company behind you. You might just be an artist and hey, I can record, I can release my music, but you don't have a marketing department and a promotion department. Gotcha. You don't have an A&R department, you know what I mean? Right. So we can be, we can be the staff for the artists to help you develop and, and succeed. Gotcha, and, and you know, I tell you, it's funny you mentioned that because just last week, Dave and I were talking about it. And, and I remember one of the things I said was, you know, it, it's, well, not weird, but it's different now because, you know, back in the day, if you were an artist, you had to be with a, um, like a, a label or a distribution. But, you know, now it's like, there's so many people independent who are going platinum and, you know, they got millions of yeah. followers. But, you, um, so to take it back to me, Delaware Music Network, and, and I know you didn't mention anything about it, but I know your daughter is a singer and she, she's very well known in the Delaware area. Did, yes. did kind of, and, and I'm, I'm assuming, you know, you and, you know, probably your wife um, probably managed her. Did seeing her come up in the music industry, did that kind of um, allow you to learn a lot about what artists needed and weren't getting and how like to help, you know, kind of like culminate the things that they needed that they weren't getting? Well, it, it, it's part of it. So as I said, we were having conversations with a lot of people. So that includes us, you know, and right. her and some of the things that she needed as well. Um, so she's part of that community and network as well. Um, and yeah, I can say yes to your question. Um, and that she, she was a, uh, and, and continues to be able to get into certain rooms, if you get what I'm saying, and into certain places. And so, um, I can impart real time experience, you know, to other artists and say, look, this is what worked, you know, 
you know, I, I can definitely tell someone, well, this, this is something you should do, you know, even if they might be a whole different genre, you know, they might not do what she does, but, you know, this definitely works. And, it, you know, as you all know, and, and business is all about creating a model and a formula. Right. And once you create that model and formula, it's it's going to work time and time again for, you know, for each each person that follows that blueprint. Gotcha. So, yeah. you know, with Delaware Music Network, would you consider it more of, is it almost like a, a membership type organization where like people will come in and they'll kind of like go through a whole system and kind of stay around? Or is it more like uh, maybe like a one shot where they'll come, get what they need and leave? It, it's a membership organization. So one thing I tell people is, you know, we're not transactional. So again, that's what makes us different because sometimes people see what we're doing and they try to compare us to other people or other entities and say, oh, well, they do that. You know, you're doing that. That's what they do too. Like, no, that's not what we're doing because we're not, we're not trying to book people. You know, you see us do events and I can get people in, on stages and into events, but I'm not booking people. I'm actually creating a relationship with that artist and I'm doing, I'm giving them the support they need to continue. Um, so uh, you, you said it perfectly. It's a membership. We have uh, um, annual memberships um that people can get and then with that membership comes the access to us gotcha. um myself and my team which like i said we do coaching we do consultation and different things so there's a lot more you know the the public sees the flyer and they see the event and it's great but what they don't see you know that's the tip of the iceberg that what they're not seeing is behind the scenes the coaching and the assistance that we're giving the artists so that that show can be what it is. Gotcha. Okay. And, and my, my last question before I let Dave chime in, because I, you know, I know he always like asked the closing question. This one's a two part question. One, okay. um, of course, you know, we're all African American, Black ethnicity. Do you yeah. have the, well, I'm sorry, I'm not. Is the music network primarily focused for African-Americans slash Black? And then part two is, um, of course, Delaware, you know, um, we usually consider Delaware Newcastle County. Do you have um, some impact in <laughs> Kent County, Sussex as well? So those, those are my two last questions. Okay. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer the second part first. So we're called Delaware Music Network because mm -hmm. that's where we are. Gotcha. But actually, Delaware Music Network services what I call the Mid-Atlantic region, okay. and what some of my some of my friends call the Middle East. So <laughs> I feel like everywhere from New York to DC is the Mid-Atlantic. Gotcha. So we we have artists from Jersey, from Pennsylvania, from Maryland, you know, including. Um, other, you know, Newcastle County, but, you know, Dover, uh, you know, Sussex County and, um, you know, all, all over the place, really, because, you know, once, once you start performing as an artist, you really got to keep 
traveling. You know, to really be successful, you can't like if you if you're from you know somewhere in Sussex County, you know, you can't just perform at that one spot. You know, you have to be willing and able to travel to really achieve success. So we we service that whole area because once you start moving in those circles in those areas you know it's just natural you you become part of that infrastructure um so yeah everywhere from new york to dc and actually we have an event in june that we're going to do in 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 brooklyn i grew up in new york by the way um so we're, i'm going back home to my old neighborhood in brooklyn and i'm bringing Delaware music network with me um God. The first part, so we, as you can see, <laughs> you know, we are um, of African descent, you know, African-Americans and what have you. But um, as far as the music, you know, music is universal. So we're not exclusive to any group or even any genre, but we're, um, how should I say, we, we make space. So a lot of, um, a lot of people of African descent and, and the genres that go along with that, of what's popular within that um, group, such as hip hop, for example, hip hop might be something that might be tabooed in some venues or some places, you know? We don't, we don't want that here because it has a certain, um stereotype attached to it so what we do is welcome those genres and those um art forms and those artists and that's something that they might not find in other places in other rooms you know what i mean right so so we're not out here saying well we're the black music group or anything like that but however, because of who we are and how we move, what you'll find is those artists are going to be comfortable, you know, working with us. And we have expertise, you know, yeah. of knowing what, how they can move in a way that's positive. Because, you, you know, you get what I'm saying. Like the corporate, a corporate America, yeah, they'll exploit a rapper all day. And, and we hear it all the time. But they don't know how to actually help that human being behind me you know what i mean they look at you as a commodity so there's human beings behind that are, are the artists so we're support we're supportive of the artists themselves as human beings you know aside from just them as a commodity or, or anything like that so so yeah. we're going to be more um friendly if you get what I'm saying, to to some people that just find themselves not not even getting into certain conversations in some venues and some rooms. Gotcha. So I hope I hope that answers the question. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it did. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I guess it's my turn since Leonard then took up all that. <laughs> anyway, um, so thank you for answering the questions that Leonard put out there. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm going to come from a, a slightly different uh, mood with the question because um, I'm a person who's also been involved in the music scene here in Delaware for a long time. 
Hey, hey, uh, hey, hey, here we Joe. go. Here we go. Here we go. So I, I, I want you to let you know if you ever need any additional singers, Dave is a singer as well. Oh Lord, here we go. Here we go. Oh, okay, okay, Dave. You got to come to the open mic. Yeah, you do um, an open mic every month. Yeah, I'm gonna come as Leonard Young. That's what I'm gonna hey. do. <laughs> okay. So, so I we, want we could to, we could do some, wanna... you know some. Mask. <laughs> okay, but if I get up Not there good. and if I if I get in front of a mic and I don't sound good, just introduce me as Leonard Young. That's all I asked. Okay. Uh, okay. So that so uh, okay. my name is not mentioned. Okay. Maybe we'll all put right. some auto tune on on the on the mic for you. Yeah. Or something. Give give me, give me that auto tune, man. You know I want I want sound good. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I've I've had my 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 turn in front of the mic. I, I'm not I'm not singing like that anymore these days. But I have been, you know, I've been in the music scene for a long time. I was in a band for myself for a long time, and then got into the whole, um, you know, nightclub stuff and all of that stuff. And then eventually ended up getting into music management um, and you know working with a lot of the musicians there in the local area. I'm not going to sit say Delaware. I'm, I've worked with musicians in uh, Maryland, uh, uh, New Jersey, PA. So, um, so to have something like this that you put together is really a great thing because you're right. Uh, as artists who are in these areas that are in these bands and so forth, a lot of them are cover bands. They don't get a chance to do their original music a lot. So. Um, and mm -hmm. people always get, people are funny about wanting to hear their original music because they're so used to hearing the cover, the songs that they like to hear. You know what I mean? Right. So right. when you get, when you get musicians that are willing and daring and, and, and believe in the, what they're doing and, and having the guidance that they, they need to have that makes all the difference in the world. It sounds like that's what you're doing with the Dollar Music Network is giving them that guidance. Mm -hmm. What made you decide to to go this route? What made you decide to give the artists a chance to let their voice be heard? Well, it was in those conversations. You know, as I mentioned earlier, we were having those conversations because I was having those meetings at my house at, at one point. And in, in really talking to people, like, you know, people just being real honest and transparent, they're like, listen, I write music. Then even um, the next open mic that we're having, there's a guy who's really famous, um, Thomas McLean, I could say his name, real famous guy. I was just with him last he's night. He's in a very famous, he's in a very famous cover band, right? Um, one that I used soul. to one that I used to manage. Well, guess what? He's gonna be in our open mic because he writes original music too. I know this. So he <laughs> I know made, that for a fact. He's made a career doing covers, but you know, he's a person who is a creative artist as well and has a side of him that likes to write and create his own music. So now we're giving him a platform um, where he's one of our featured artists where he's gonna share his original music. So I'm happy to do that for him because I've, I've known the brother for a long time and we all know, know of him. You know, he's, I, I would say that's easily the most famous band in Delaware, I, I would say. Um, 
but we know them for what the covers, which is what you're, which is what you're um, speaking of, because that that lane is open, you know, for doing that all day. But even a guy like him, with as much um, influence and as well known as he is, it's not as easy for him to get, you know, the platform to share his original stuff. So I'm more than happy. I I'm actually, you know, excited to hear what he's going to do, his original stuff. Hey, well, I, so. I know for a fact, I know for a fact, uh, he has written original music for the band and they have performed mm -hmm. it in the past. Awesome. Uh, and um, I think they did a CD and one of the original songs was on their CD. Uh, this was a few years ago that they put on their CD. Mm -hmm. So I know he writes, I know he loves writing. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of the musicians here um, you know, you talk about that particular band as, uh, you know, uh, John Coley, um, mm -hmm. John Coley, he's another one that's just like Thomas, you know, he thinks yeah. the same way and they, you know, he has that same type of desire to write original songs for the things that he does. Um, so I get in and Delaware is, is that, well, this is the thing that gets Delaware in trouble when it comes to the whole music thing. We always feel Delaware in this particular area is such a cliquish place uh, mm -hmm. because it's who you know in order to mm -hmm. get your foot in the door. Now, having someone like you with this Delaware Music Network and you're a person that, that maybe didn't come in the traditional way because you got to know this person or you got to know that person. I've had people come to me. Excuse me. I had people to come to me who's been out here for a long time and they say, well, Dave, how do you get in? You know, because, <laughs> you know, you can be, look, he, I, this one brother came to me and said, man, I've been knocking on the door for 10 years here in Delaware. Now he's not from Delaware originally, but he's been here for a while. He's been knocking on mm -hmm. the door for 10 years and he just can't seem to get a bite. And then he just said, mm. one day he just sold all his equipment and said, I'm done. Wow. And, you know, because he was tired of trying to open the doors. He met some people. He got some promises, but they never happened. Now, mm -hmm. sounds like to me, if he had known about a, this program that you have, this Delaware Music Network, and he's a person that writes, he's a person. And this guy's multi-talented. He sings, he raps, he plays instruments. Mm -hmm. He does everything. But he feels that, you know, his time has passed by now. But he knocked for 10 yeah. years and couldn't get in. So that's a shame. You that, talk, that, that yes, happened. Right, right. And see, and like somebody like you, uh, and it could restart his interest. I mean, I don't know. It could, it could if he talks to somebody like you. Well, if he, if he speaks to you or if he sees this or hears, you know, hey, bro, you're welcome, man. Come hang with us. We'll get you on some stages. We'll get people hearing your stuff. And, you know, what we bring to it. So I have a, a team of people, myself and some others who are business people. And I think that's kind of what, in my, in my observation, that's kind of what was missing from a lot of the music scene in Delaware. People like yourself, like me, you know, and, and my team that are business people so the creative artist 
and the musicians, everybody else, they need that support of business minds. And I think maybe part of the reason why he, the one that had a hard time knocking on doors was maybe his business proposal to those venues or entities wasn't satisfaction to them. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like yeah. it's a business more, you know, a person who owns a venue, you own a restaurant, bar, or whatever, a theater, you're more, you're as much concerned with the business as you are with the actual art. You know, if something's going to make them money, they're not that concerned with, you know, how good it sounds. I don't think they are, but of course we want it to sound good. You know, we love music. So we, we want beautiful music to be created, but in time the, the numbers have to add up, you know? So that's what we bring to the table is a business person that can come and, and, you know, advocate for you of okay. why, why should we let, why should the queen book this person? Or why should the grand opera house book this person? You know, we'll bring the numbers to back you up. Okay. All right. Well, let me, I'm going to ask two last things and then, um, then that'd be my final two questions. First of all, does it cost anything to join your network and, and to become a part of, if I came to you as an artist, does it cost anything to join your network and, and how, um, what would I get in return if I did have to pay? Okay. So I like the, I like the, the fact that you said, does it cost anything? Because yeah. me and my mind, I, and I know that this is the United States of America, you know, um, it, it will cost you energetically, it will cost you something, right? So we charge a low price of $50 for an individual. However, if you participate in, in our jam session or open mic, then that would get waived because that's energy, you energetically in instant so it's an energy exchange so you can pay in money if you want to or you can pay in energy so that's one and then as far as what you get in return we give every member a free uh consultation where we will sit down we'll look at all your social media we'll listen to your music we'll, we'll see everything you got what do you have on on uh, youtube what's your website and then we'll give you an assessment of where you are. From there, we do coachings. The coachings do cost money, but they're very affordable. And we, the, we design coaching specifically to you of what you need. Um, other than that, um, we put on events. We have several different events that we've done and, and continue to do at different venues. So one, we're helping you get, you know, seen and heard on stages. And we can also help you produce your event. So if you say, hey, I, I got a band, we're looking to put on an event and you help us, we can do everything from help you get the venue to put on, I mean, to decorate in a place, you know, whatever, flyer design, what do you need, you know? So we can help you produce events. Um, we give coaching even on in-studio recording techniques and, you know, 
basically A to Z, nut, nuts a bolt, whatever you need, we can help you do it so that you can be the best artist that you can be. Yeah, all right, all right. that's good to know. That's good to know. Um, yeah. And my last thing I want to ask was, uh, as far as venues, now Delaware, you know, especially when it comes to ven venues that we uh, have been dealing with over the years or going to over the years, there's there, a lot of these places are closing one by one. We're losing yes. a lot of the places that we used to be able to go to and enjoy good music and enjoy uh, a good time and you know to be able to sit there and socialize and whatever the case may be so one by one we're losing a lot of these places you know we lost uh, one of our biggest places uh last year you know with celebrations and um mm -hmm. you know, and then a couple of places have closed behind that so with the venues that you are using i mean of course you mentioned you know the queen you mentioned uh you mentioned the Grand Opera House. Of course, those are the larger venues in town that people use. But uh, some of the smaller venues that you have had to open your doors up to your music network, um, the relationships that you, um, uh, the relationships that you formed with them, is it because they, um, you know, is it all about, financial thing or is it because they believe in what you're doing i think um i think it's a combination i, I think um so everyone who owns a place you know whether it's a bar restaurant or whatever you know theater whatever you open you of course you want to make money you know so to say that there's no financial component or no business component it, you know, that's delusional. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. they, they open for business. They're open for business. So yes, they definitely want to succeed um, in their business. But at the same time, they're opening up their business to music. So they believe that music can be a part of their success, you know? And if they're, if they're choosing to do um, especially the kind of events we do where it's original um, music, creative music. They're saying, hey, we think, you know, we think this is something that can work. And it's proven as we go to these venues and we do these events, we're proving that yes, it can. And there is an audience. But as you spoke of earlier, um, it's not something that's traditionally has been going on, especially in Delaware. Mm. So we can't blame, sometimes we blame the venue, but really it's not the venue, it's the public, it's the people. Yeah. If the people demand something, you know, supply and demand, that's basic business. If the people demand it, the places will have it. So this is what I tell the music artists all the time. You have to get you have to create a demand for your product. You have to create a demand for your product. And yes, this is what's hard for people that have been around that have more experience because they can make money doing covers. So they're used to, hey, I get this much a night. Yeah, but you get this much a night to play Earth, Wind & Fire. You're not getting that much a night to play you. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. So there is a demand for Earth, Wind, and Fire. So they're going to pay you to play Earth, Wind, and Fire. But if you want to get paid to do your original music, you have to put in the work to create the demand for that product. So that's the challenge and the thing that it's hard. That that's the own that's the obstacle that we create for ourselves. Because I I have a story that I tell everybody. I, I could tell it here to you guys. Um, I go to Christiana Mall, right? And oh, okay. there's a lady I call. Careful, huh? but Christiana Mall. <laughs> now, yeah, you gotta be careful in these streets. But in Christiana Mall, there's a lady that I call the Chicken Lady. And if you've been to Christiana Mall, you know what I'm talking about because she's giving away chicken for free on a little I, stick, a little toothpick. Dave, Dave you, you, you don't know nothing about this. Oh, and is that in the food court? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, over by the Sukihana's or somewhere over that area. Right, exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah. She gives her chicken away for free. And guess, but guess what? Her line is the longest line in the food yes. court for yes. people buying her food. Yes. So yes. I'm trying to explain that's business. I'm trying to explain business to our people and to our musicians and artists friends because what she did by giving that chi- giving the chicken for free on a little stick was she created a, a demand for her her business. So a lot, again, a lot of us have a hard time because we're like, oh, I got to do this, but I got to get paid. I got to, I got to get paid to do this. She, she gave you chicken for free. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And her yeah. line is the longest line in the food court. So yeah, well. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching business practices to people because it, they work already. I, you don't have to take my word for it. Just go to Christiana Mall and see if it works. It does work. Yeah, it does work. You got to create yeah. a demand for your product. <laughs> Period. Yep. Yep. You do. You do. And and that's a great point that you just made. Um, um, you know, the, some of the biggest uh, and, and and no, I'm going to change that. Some of the biggest um, success stories that we've had. If we look at what's happened over the last and what you're talking about over the last three years with with the growth uh with the 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 growth of amazon and 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 um you know then of course you know you had all of these delivery services that were happening you know with the door dashes and mm-hmm. all of these things that uh, all of a sudden started blowing up and then people mm-hmm. started creating their own little delivery services that would go so far to deliver and so forth uh, amazon made a killing because oh we're going to do all of this stuff and we're going to give you free shipping as we do it you know exactly my you know point. and so you know and so they made the most money uh anybody and then you know of course another company that quietly went under the radar but made a bunch of money is what we're using right now zoom <laughs> you know because, exactly because everybody started doing meetings this way you know so and they said, oh, yeah. now we're going to make some money from this now. You know, so we're going to give you a free, we're going to give you a free portion of it. But then if you need longer meetings or you're going to have regular meetings or whatever, you're going to pay for that particular service to do it. You yeah. know, so, so, and that's how it's people got. The 
There's yeah, always upsell. Like I tell, I tell some musicians and bands, perform for free, but sell merchandise. Yeah. You well, you'll make more money selling T-shirts than you did than if if you charge them. Say you, okay, you charge them whatever to play a gig at this this bar or whatever. You know, maybe you maybe you made a hundred dollars for the night or whatever, right? But you you might leave out of there with a few hundred dollars or maybe more selling the t-shirts. So me, I'm just saying there's always you can always maximize your income potential, but you gotta be you gotta create that. You have to be you gotta put in that work to do that. And sometimes we're so short-sighted, you know, we think so we're so transactional and short-sighted. Hey, the the most successful restaurant in the world is McDonald's. You know what I mean? That's a billion, not million, billion dollar corporation. And they're selling, they're selling hamburgers for a dollar. You know what I mean? Hmm. One of the most successful stores in, in the world is Walmart. And they're rolling back the prices. So yeah. we think sometimes charging more money is a better business model. But I think sometimes giving some discounts is a better business model. You know what I mean? So... I'm not saying, you know, I'm not telling someone exactly how to run their business. I'm just trying to give people food for thought and things to think about. Because I think a lot of times when we start having conversations about business, we're not actually using business, successful businesses as our model. You know what I mean? We, we're competing with each other. You know, Jim's Rib Shack may not be the most, fa- the, the most successful business. You know what I mean? We're trying to compete with them. If I'm opening a restaurant, I, I, I say, how can you not look at McDonald's as an example of what a successful restaurant does? Because again, they're a billion, not million, billion dollar corporation. So they're, that's success to me. You know what I mean? So anytime, anytime people talk business to me, I want to look at, well, what's Coca-Cola doing? What's Amazon doing? You know what I mean? Like you said, you know, what are companies that make real money doing? And why can't we do that on our level, on, you know what I mean, on the scale that we're at, but model ourselves after actual real success, not, right. not success of places that's going to close in a couple of years. Right. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> well, that, that, that's true, because, I mean, I, used to, I, I taught for a long time, and, and I, in, in my classes, um, and I'm also a marketing person, too, in my classes, one, the, one of the things I always talked about was, the best business plan ever written was the McDonald's business plan. It's the best business plan ever written. And it's the most copied business plan ever. Mm-hmm. Um, Walmart copied it. Everybody that's been successful has copied it because they saw what McDonald's did. And one thing that McDonald's did that made everything work was consistency. They stayed, they, they stayed true to themselves the whole time. And if you ever watched the movie about McDonald's, it's a telling story called The Founder. The founder tells the mm. whole story and is deep. If you ever look at it, it tells you, it shows you exactly what happens with shrewd uh, way of thinking and being being all about business, you know, and that's what McDonald's did. And that's why even to this day, even though, you know, people say McDonald's is, you know, raise their prices and all of this kind of stuff, they still are everywhere. When you're on the highway, Leonard can tell you, when you're on the highway, and and you're looking for something to eat, you're always going to see the marches. They're always going to stick out on the road. Always. Yep. And that's you know, everywhere so. in the world. That's and they're not everywhere. just in the USA. That's yeah, everywhere in the world. They're everywhere. <laughs> so. 
So, but anyway, <laughs> but we, uh, what we want to do now is take the time to get you to talk about some of the things you have coming up, talk about your social okay. media pages. Okay. All right. So social media pages, um, everybody can follow me on Facebook, Joe Bellardo, uh, Bellardo spelled B-E-L-A-R-D-O, Joe Bellardo, also Delaware Music Network. Um, just like that, Delaware Music Network, that's on Facebook. Um, on Instagram, it's Delaware underscore music underscore network. Um, on Instagram, my page is Average Joe BK. So you can follow me at those, at any of those um, pages. And when you follow that, you'll see all the flyers, all the events. I pretty much post everything that is getting ready to happen you know, all the events. So even if you miss an event, and I know the algorithms are crazy sometimes. So periodically just go check my pages and see, okay. scroll through it. Cause pretty much that's what I post are just the flyers and the events, the videos and what have you. Um, upcoming we have, and we do this the first Wednesday of every month. We're at the Wilmington Public Library in Rodney Square. Um, East 10th Street, that is the open mic jam session. And the open mic, as I said earlier, was the foundation for everything we do. And that's, that's kind of like, um, it's an open mic, it's a jam session, it's a showcase, it's a networking event. That's kind of where you can, you can initiate people who are interested in being a part of Delaware Music Network. That's the initiation pro process right there. How did we want to see how you are in front of a crowd in front of an audience? And we get a good turnout out there. We have a DJ, we get live band, um, vendors. If people want to vend, hit me up for that. Um, so that's the first Wednesday of every month. So the next one is May 3rd, I, I believe, is the first Wednesday of um, May. Um, and what time does it then, start again? Uh, what time does it start again? Open, doors open at 6 p.m. Okay. So we're there from 6 to 10. Okay, at, 6 to uh, 10. Oh, on okay. that first Wednesday. Yeah, 6 to 10. It takes a while to go through all those open mic people. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of people signing up. And if you can't make it, you know, if you, you get there too late to sign up late, sorry. But you could try again next time. That's once a month. Um, do you video? Do you video that and put that out there on social media? I put we put some videos. Sometimes we do live a live stream on that on that page, the Delaware Music Network page. Um, it's not something that we're we necessarily do. We might just do it just for fun. But okay. I, I kind of like I want people to be in person. To be honest, I know everybody's online. I want y'all to come outside. When it comes to Delaware Music Network. We're people, peace, we're social. So we want you outside. So I do share some things, but some things I don't share on purpose because I want you to be there. Um, we have another event, as you mentioned, some of the smaller venues. There's a place on Fifth and Green Hill called the Oddity Bar. And I love it. It's a forest buyer situations. Some, some uh, brothers from the West Side got it. Um, that Oddity Bar has been there for a long time, but they now own it. Um, and we do an event called Oddly Dope. 
So we're, you, we're there one Sunday a month, usually the third Sunday, but um, for May, we're gonna do the fourth Sunday. And the fourth Sunday is actually Memorial Weekend. And so we're gonna do a barbecue. We're gonna have a vegan barbecue. Might have some, for the meat eaters, might have some meat, but we're definitely <laughs> doing a vegan barbecue <laughs> on Memorial Weekend. Um, and we have some performers there that's gonna be dope. Um, Serena Joy, Akima. Uh, Ali Dope, what we usually do is pair two artists and create a unique situation. Um, sure. It's always fun. You never know, you know how it's going to turn out, but it's, it's always fun. Um, that's Oddly Dope. Then um, we're going to start up again. We were doing a regular concert at the Rockford Tavern. The Rockford Tavern has now changed ownership, and it's now called Finnegan's. Um, but we do plan on coming back to that building um, now that they, they've done some renovations and made some changes. So we should be back there. So check my pages for update on that of who, we, who we're gonna have performing. Usually at that spot, we do like just a straight up performance of like one band or one artist, like mm -hmm. an actual like concert. Okay. So those are the immediate things I have going. Um, also May 20th, because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So we're doing an event at the Academy for Peace and it's called Self-Care Saturday. May 20th is a Saturday. We're doing Self-Care Saturday at Academy for Peace. Um, and that's five to 9 p.m. Um, we're gonna have a lot of different practitioners. We're another, another service that we're working on for artists and you know, it, and, and you you definitely know as um, being a manager, the artists have a lot of mental health issues that they have to deal with. And right. a lot of times that leads to substance abuse. It's not unusual to hear artists that have to take some type of substance before they get on stage yeah. or to go in the studio. So we actually are organizing to create a group therapy um, session for music artists. Okay. So we're working on that. Self-care Saturday, we're going to have a clinical therapist there as well as other people. But we really want to address the mental health issues. I think living in the United States of America is a mental health problem just in of itself. So, but the music artists definitely, uh, and creatives in general, um, they suffer, you know, a lot of times suffer from mental health issues and it gets overlooked because they do so well, their art is so beautiful and we're all overlooking the fact that they're, you know, taking different drugs and are depressed or whatever. You know, like it's the common thing where people talk about Mary, oh, Mary's too happy. No, sad Mary, that's not good, you know, like, she she's going through some things. We want her to be, you know, we want her to be healthy. I know because that's when they music. say her best music comes out is when she's going through some things. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. So yeah. So, <laughs> we yeah. want to be there to support those those Marys out there that are going through some things. We want them to make good music, but we also care about their mental health as well. You know. So we're working on that. Um, as of now, so May twentieth, Academy for Peace. We're gonna have some free food there too for y'all that like to eat. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of things going on. 
<laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. Well, we're glad to hear that. Well, folks, there, there you have it. If you didn't know about the Delaware Music Network, you know about it now. Um, and of course, you can continue to get educated. Um, he gave his pages and everything, and you hear everything they got going on. Um, so that's um, that's um, information that we need to take a look at. Um, you know, I've been following Joe for a little bit, and and um, you know, I know he's been doing some things around town, and you know, I know he's um, I paid attention to a lot of the moves that he's been making, and. So I wanted to make sure that um, other people who didn't, you know, who didn't necessarily know who you are, they've seen you, but they didn't know who you were. You know, they knew you were doing some things out there that we got you on to t so you can talk about it. And so I'm glad that we got a chance to get you on. So thank you for taking the time thank to be you. with us. All right. But uh, appreciate it. We're gonna, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you again. We're going to get into the other portion of our show right now. You going to hang out with us for a little bit? I can hang out for a minute. Okay. All right. All right. So we got a couple stories that we want to talk about. And you might be interested in this story because you just kind of talked about it just now. So this first story <laughs> that we're going to talk about. Um, you ready, Leonard, to go into the stories? Yeah, we we good. Okay. All right. Um, so... The story, let me just read the title because we'll probably look, we should have an applause button going in the background right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Carney allows Delaware weed bill to become law without signature. It's time to move on, <laughs> y'all. Let's get let's pass, pass, puff, puff. We got we got it going on now. So here we go. So I'm just gonna read a little bit of the story. It says Governor John Carney on Friday said he would let um the bills to legalize marijuana, create a recreational industry, become law without his signature, standing down um, from his um, aversions to re uh, recreational weed that put him at odds with his party. Delaware is the 22nd state to legalize recreational marijuana after nearly a uh, decades-long fight by advocates and Democrats to enact these policies. Carney is um, in a statement said he uh, he still believes legalizing, legalizing weed is not a step forward. Um, I want to be clear that my views on this issue have not changed. The governor said in a statement as he smoked, I mean, um, as in, um, <laughs> really? <laughs> and I understand there those are who share my views will be disappointed in my decision not to veto this legisl uh, legislation. I came to this decision because I believe we spent far too much time focused on this issue when Delawareans face more serious and pressing concerns every day. It's time to move on. What do you guys think about this now that Delaware has done this? What do you think? Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm going to say me personally, I, I think it's, um, so I'm going to say I think it's a step in the right d direction. I think it's interesting that he did not sign it, but he let it pass because, of course, you know, he, he's he's coming up for re-election. So it's more of a political move. But I mean, all in all, um, um, I'm, I'm personally not a smoker, 
but you know th this is just the direction the nation's going in like we are the 22nd and i'm sure i'm sure there'll be a 23rd maybe a 24th this year and um um i'm and you know kind of like you said i'm sure you know that there, there's a lot of puff puff passing among the people who are you know celebrating this this weekend yeah, yeah. well yeah because it started what today right yeah uh, uh, midnight yeah midnight yeah mm -hmm. so so um yeah i'm sure i'm sure there are some celebrations going on what do you think about this joe <laughs> yeah i agree with leonard um and i think delaware is just too close to jersey and pennsylvania you know so I think I knew it was a matter of time. They had to make legal in Delaware because all, all you're going to do is have people, you know, going over the Delaware Memorial Bridge and getting, you know, le they can get all their stuff there legally. You know, why, why would Delaware want to miss out on that? You know what I mean? The business side of it. So I, I knew I knew it was going to happen eventually. You know, once I saw people were going to Jersey to grow and all this stuff, I was like, oh. <laughs> what's next <laughs> yeah i know it's, it's it's funny we have you know it's not going away i mean it's been it's been there forever it's been you know it, right now uh we have to we have to just grow with the way the world is moving i mean because the world is moving towards this and there's no way it's like it's like a slow train that all of a sudden got to right. sell an engine and it's gonna just blow right yeah. by sooner or later, you know. So, mm -hmm. so I'm, I I saw the article and I said to myself, well, you know, uh, they've been talking about this for a while. He did all he could to try to keep it from going, but then, you know, timing is always everything. Me and Leonard talk about timing all the time about every story, just about that we do, don't we, Leonard? It's all yeah. about the timing. <laughs> and like Leonard said, election time coming. Right, you know the right. Democrat. The Democrats have to, you know, make sure that they're doing some nicey nice stuff, you know. So, right. um, and then it, it, like I said, it's all about the timing of everything. Um, I don't know if it's really going to make that much of a difference here in Delaware. I mean, I don't see anything really changing. Do you? No. No, well, because people have been doing you, it for years. You, you just see a couple of shops open up, you know, yeah. a couple of smoke oh, shops yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. Dave, the, the, the one thing I do want to say, and I heard this from other states as well, there's a lot of revenue that bring, you know, that comes into the state due to the sale of, you know, legalized marijuana. Now, the, the question is, where, where does it go? But, you know, sure, I'm sure that's going to be a, you know, a good revenue stream a good revenue stream for the state. Yeah, it is. And it's going to be interesting to see how many shops pop up. Because oh, yeah. that's, we know those are money makers. But of course, you know, uh, of course, with that type, with people, with those type of shops coming in, of course, you're looking at crime and so forth. Because, you know, the money that's generated in those shops is just unbelievable. I mean, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, unbelievable. And you know, between the shops and then of course the uh um the um like dispensary, the, the dispensaries right. and everything. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So but I'm glad that Delaware made a decision like this. I mean, it's it's time. 
we have to move along with the with the changes in in, in the world today and this is just one of them you know it really is so i wanted to bring that particular story up because i thought it would be of interest especially to some of our people that you know really like it <laughs> yeah. you know so so all right what you got leonard let's move on yep so um the the, the next story you know i think this is just interesting on dave and joe I'm, I'm sure you heard a lot about this but you know lately there's been a lot of stories of mistakes that have cost people their lives so of course we heard about the person in the kansas city the um the twin who knocked on somebody's door by accident and they shot him in the head. And, you know, we heard about that. Um, we also, um, I'm sure both of you heard about, there were some cheerleaders in Texas who uh, one of the cheerleaders got in the wrong car by accident. And, you know, of course she got out, got in her car. She she apologized to the guy, the guy shot her. Um, you might've heard about the lady, I think it was in upstate New York. She pulled into the wrong person's driveway. She was backing out to kind of turn around. The person came out of their house and shot her. Um, I just heard yesterday about um, a neighbor who um, some child's ball had rolled into his yard. You know, you know, you know, kid stuff. Um, and they shot the child or at the child and the parent. And then yesterday, there were people who were working for Instacart and they delivered groceries to the wrong house. It was in Florida and somebody shot them. And, you know, it, it's just crazy. That I feel like once we heard about the one case in Kansas City, I think um, the last name is Yarl, Richard Yarl, or Raphael Yarl, something like that. But, you know, all of these other, you know, mistaken situations are popping up, which, which I think is weird just how they all cop, you know, popping up all together. But, you know, just kind of want to get your thoughts on it, you know, Dave and Joe. And Dave, I, I'll start with you. You know, why do you think, you know, all of these, and, you know, I just call them simple mistakes because that's what they seem like they are, getting in the wrong car, going to the wrong house, making a U-turn in someone's driveway. You know, why do you think all these um, situations are kind of, you know, ending in gunfire? It's simple. It's one particular thing that kind of um, brings them all together. They all got guns. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the simple, that's a common threat. And right. like you and I, you and I have been doing this for, for a while now. And, you know, every week we can, every week we can do a story about guns and somebody getting shot. Every week uh, we can do, 10 stories about somebody doing that. It seems like everybody who shouldn't have a gun has a gun. Right. Okay. Um, and then when you look at a lot of these people who are doing the shooting in these situations, all that you mentioned, they all seem to be the same type of person. If you notice what I'm saying. Um, yeah. They all seem <laughs> to be older people. Uh, majority older white people. Right. And then when you read their background, I know the person shot the little boy. They said that, you know, he had had some, um, you know, questionable past. He had a questionable past when it came to race, race, uh, racism. And 
then there was a, one of the other stories. I think that's what I heard as well. So, I mean, so it all just seems to be they all got guns and they shouldn't have. Right. Them. I mean, that's my that's my feeling on it. I mean, you know, why do these people have guns? Yeah. You know, um, I told you, I'm not I'm not that guy. You and I have talked many times. I told you that if I see somebody going in a place with a gun on their hip, I'm not going in there. I don't even want to put myself in that situation. Um, I see a guy, I think he's a cop, but I'm not sure. I see a cop every morning when I'm on my way to work. He's walking his dog. He got a gun on his side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks like he might, I think he's maybe county because of the colors that he has on, but I'm not right. sure. Yeah. But he's walking with that firearm along and on his waist. Now, I bet you if I was walking the dog with that firearm on my waist, I'm sure there'd be cops around me. Yeah, straight straight to jail. Yep. Yep. So so that's my that's my take on it. Joe, how do you feel? I well, I agree with um, what you guys are saying. I'm also gonna add to it that with COVID and with the media of the way the media is very um even more so um fear-based and you know they're they're picking these hot topics you know then you have these mass shootings there's just like this um how should i say we're in this perfect stew right now where people are just so afraid you know because if if a child's ball rolls into your yard and you're shooting at them like that instantaneously that means not only do you have a gun, but you have it loaded and ready. Right. You know, so it's kind of sad in a way, but there's a lot of people in this country and the statistics are showing that gun ownerships are going up and up and up and up, you know, and it's and, actually become, yo, it's becoming say, more and more. Hmm? I'm, I'm sorry. I was going to say that not only they're going up, but less regulation, like people getting them without background. Yeah. All that, yeah, you know, and people are getting more, cause I mean, people have always had guns, but more people are getting guns because out of fear, you know, right. you see the mass shooting, you see this, you see that, and they really use Black Lives Matter as this frightening thing, <laughs> you know, to people like, oh my God, Black Lives Matter might get me, you know? So people are sadly, sitting in their house armed (laughs) and they're kind of like just waiting for something to happen. So you accidentally, you know, Instacart comes to the wrong house or Amazon drops the package on the wrong doorstep and they might get, you know, shot at, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But that just shows you how tense and fearful people are right now. So there's definitely, it goes back to what we were saying about music, but it's with everybody. And we this this mental health um, yeah. issues going on all around this country, yep. right? And, and in fact, it, it, it almost makes me think. And Joe, kind of like when you were talking, it made me think of uh, what's that Public Enemy album or song, "Fear of a Black Planet." Yes. Yeah. 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 That's real. <laughs> That's real. All of that, you know, even when they talk about the border and, oh, people are coming across the border, all these things 
make people frightened. Like, oh, they're coming across the border. I better get a gun now. They're coming for me. You know, Black Lives Matter. Oh, we better get a gun. You know, so just all the, you know, the way the news portrays certain things that are happening it, to, to a segment of the population, it just makes them so fearful. So right. they're literally sitting around in their living room with their gun, like right on their lap, you know, waiting for something to happen, which is, it's a terrible way to live, you know, but it, it's really, we really got to be careful now. Like, you know, you, you might, you know, step into somebody in front of somebody at the grocery store and they, they might decide to shoot you because you skipped them or something more. Um, the, like with the girl, she made a mistake at the gas station and touched the wrong car and she got, you know, now you get shot at. You know, it's like, what? <laughs> that used to be a conversation back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah it used to be a conversation, not anymore. It, no. <laughs> it's shoot first and, and, and ask later. Oh, I didn't mean to, I didn't know, I didn't know, you know. I didn't know that somebody was in my yard, that's all, you know. They could have right. been coming here to rob me or whatever the case may be. Well, there's a famous uh, picture that we've all seen, um, and it kind of it's a shame because that picture happened back during the '60s, but we're still living the same picture now. And that's uh, Malcolm X standing at the window with his gun, with his rifle in his hand, you know, peeping out the window. Yes, that's what we're yes. doing right now. We're peeping out our windows right now because of all this going on. And 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 that's you know, so true. Instead, instead of having the gun in our hand, we're worried about being shot. You know, so yes, but um, but you know that's it's really a shame, and I, you know, I like like I said, Leonard and I, we do we've been doing this for a while now, and you know, we have to say to ourselves, don't we, Leonard? We have to say to ourselves some weeks. We just said, man, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk because it's the same stuff. We're hearing the same stuff all the time. We're seeing the same stuff all the time, and it's really yeah. it's really a shame. It really is. So. It's got to get better. It's got to get better. Uh, it has unfortunately, to. Unfortunately, I don't know if it is though, Joe. I think. I think also, you know, when you see things like, you know, even going back to Zimmerman, you know, I think when people see them, quote unquote, get away with it, you know what I mean, and they do something and they didn't get convicted or whatever, I just think for some people that's empowering. Like, yeah, oh, okay. It is. He mm-hmm. did it. Oh, I'm gonna do it too now. Let me get my gun now. Well, especially you know, young, especially these younger people that are going around doing these mass shootings. They go get their gun. First of all, it's one thing you walk in and you and you and you buy a hand uh, a handgun or a pistol or something, right? But when people are walking mm-hmm. in asking for AKs, I know, and, you know, okay. and so forth, and the AR-15s and all that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you're selling it to them. And the person looks like they got a nervous tick. Why would you sell it to them? You know what I mean? So, right. But that's where we are. That's where we are. So, and they're barely, they're barely 19, 18, 19 years no, old. It's no, like, they what? got the money. They got the money <laughs> what to are buy. They doing it. with that thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> but think, but think about it. Also, when we were going through the pandemic, you know, the places that were making the most money that stayed open was the liquor stores, the and the gun shops. Yes. Yep. You know, That's for sure. And, yeah, they made the most money. I mean, they they didn't close. They they made a ton of money. Why would and you think of yourself? Why they got lines at the, the gun shop during COVID? That made no sense to me. You know, but that's what was going on. But anyway, mm-hmm. here we are. 
All right. Uh, <laughs> let me see. Let me do our next story. It kind of kind of goes into play for the story we just talked about. This one is uh, white people were kept out of prison during COVID. Blacks were left inside, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, and this supposedly was some type of study that they did. You know, it says um, USA Today reports of a study that found that white people were largely kept out of prison during COVID nineteen pandemic, while blacks and Latinos were left inside. According to the study by multiple interdisciplinarian um, researchers from the U.S. universities and published on Wednesday in the news in the journal um, Nature, historic reductions in U.S. prison populations during the pandemic's first year um, benefited white people, and the fraction of incarcerated Black and Latino people sharply increased in nearly every state. The effect was um, particularly dramatic for black people as it reversed a decade long trend of declining proportions of incarcerated blacks, according to the study. While the study really, what the study really shows is that sentencing is the key mechanism driving the alarming racial inequities. And we have the USA criminal justice system, um, said the study's co-author, Elizabeth Hinton, a law professor at Yale University. A number of incarcerated people as a whole decreased by at least 17% from March 2020 to July 2021, amounting to the largest and fastest reduction in the prison population in American history, the researcher wrote. Release increased um, as officials tried to lower the risk of COVID-19 outbreaks inside. But uh, many potentially vulnerable inmates were set free or sent home to confinement state. Most of them were white. So uh, without uh, getting too deep into what the numbers are and everything. So basically, they, they, they said they sent a lot of the white people home or didn't lock up some of them, you know, because of the the pandemic, what was going on with the pandemic, but the Latinos and Blacks, they didn't seem to have the same compassion for, according to this study. Why? Why Why do you think that is? Why do you think that happened? <laughs> okay, of course, uh, there's an obvious reason why, but go, let's, let's try not to go with the obvious. What else can we think? Dave, my, my my one word is going to be reparations. Wow. Okay. All right. Explain. So, you know, when we talk about, you know, and this is like year after year, situation after situation. And of course, Joe, um, unfortunately, Dave and I talk about these situations all the time. And it's because when we think about how um, African-Americans historically have been detrimented by and I'll just say white America, education, housing, finance, um, you know, health, um, you know, criminal justice, how, you know, everything has been against the odds. And then they say, well, you know, why, why, you know, and then let, let's say, uh, 
you know, Donald Trump and, and, and his crew may say stuff like, well, you know, why can't, you know, if they did it, you know, why can't black people did it? You know, we're, we're held back in so many different ways. Every day we hear about how blacks are discriminated against, how we're held back, how we're not given opportunities, we're not given loans, we're not given the same education. And, you know, that's why I say reparations. Like, you know, how how do you expect to come forward as a, um, you know, as a group if we're always held back? So that, that that's why I said reparations. Um, you know, Dave, get, give me my forty acres and a mule and some cash behind it, and and I'm I'm you know and um so real real quick on the side note, there was a something going around social media. Doctor Phil was saying that you know he didn't think black and he didn't say black people, but they were they were talking reparations for black people. He didn't think that people should be given money for reparations because they said they're just going to blow through it and my my response to that white people have been given the opportunity to blow through hundreds of thousands of dollars for the last two to three hundred years i'm 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 okay somebody giving me my chance to blow through it you know i mean some just like with any race i make the right decision some people are gonna make the wrong decision but you know not even giving us an opportunity to make a decision is uh, you know, a travesty in itself. So mm. th that's my comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Joe, you gotta add you want to add anything to that comment? Um well for sure. I, I definitely agree with what Leonard was just saying. And um you know I, looking at the whole picture of what you're saying a story, it, I think it's some merit to what Leonard is saying because, um, you know, Trump's whole thing was make America great again. So they wanted to be like the good old days, you know? <laughs> so this is a way, you know, you know, here's the part of prison that they don't talk about the free labor. You know, they're making the license plates or whatever they're making. There's so many products. Actually, there's a list somewhere of all the corporations that get, that benefit from the free labor um, given by the prison population. Mm. And in the statistic you just read, you talked about how the population went down yep. uh, during COVID. So I, I think it was a business decision. <laughs> I think they said, well, wait a minute, we need we need some laborers to right. keep making these products, you know, yep. and, and, you know, they were talking about supply chain shortages and things like that. Like, we need we need we need some prisoners in here. So, yeah, I think there was a business decision. Oh, that's true. They went out, they, yeah. looked, they kept the they kept the minority ones and they went out there and got some more. <laughs> you know, so right. they're making yeah. America great again. Yeah, and, making you know, America great again. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's kind of always talk about prison is a modern day plantation, which kind of yeah. like Joe, we are working for free and they benefited. Yep. That's yes. Right. That's right. The only thing that's missing is the boot. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you know, so well, you know, well. It'd be interesting because I'm I'm sure more it it I'm sure more will come out about this 
particular story in this study that they did, because uh, I'm sure that if you look across the United States, that is true everywhere in the United States that this happened. And, um, you know, and it's going to be interesting uh, how we move forward coming out of the pandemic since it's supposedly over and we'll go from there. So, um, okay. All right. Uh, let's do our last story that we have um, before we get into Dave's uh, corner and Leonard's favorite spot. Um, so Leonard, go ahead and do that last story. Yeah, so um, this, this story is kind of funny. This was something that I, I, I saw yesterday or the day before, and I was like, oh, my goodness. So there was a, a flight, uh, Southwest Airlines. So, you know, of course, we know during COVID, Southwest had a, a reputation for just some wild stuff. Yeah, they, were messing, they were messing up during the COVID. Man. And <laughs> yeah. I like South, Southwest was always my favorite airline, too. Was That's it? Insane. Yeah. They messed up. Yeah, well, you know, Dave, I was going to say, you look like a fighter. So, I mean, you know, South, <laughs> Southwest may have been been, been your, your thing. Yeah. But th there was a situation on a recent Southwest plane where the flight attendant would not let that plane leave for takeoff for over an hour because after everybody was seated, she noticed that somebody has spilled... Um, a lot of Asian fried rice on the aisle. So almost like a pile of Asian fried rice, like someone thing tipped over. So she went up and down the mm -hmm. aisle, loudly asking who spilled the rice? Who spilled the rice? No, nobody responded to her. Then she started from the front of the plane and looked at each passenger in the face and asked them if they spilled the fried rice. She did that to each passenger on the plane. After an hour, she finally, um, one of the, the people cleaned it up. I think one of the other attendants cleaned it up and the flight was able to take off. Now, I was looking at some of the comments people put for this and th this kind of made me think of a question. Dave and Joe, if you were on that plane and you saw the person who spilled that fried rice and like kept on walking down the aisle, would you, A, would you tell on them, would you point them out, or would you be a bigger person and clean it up yourself even though you didn't do it, or would you just sit back and not do anything? You didn't, you didn't spill it, so you're not gonna clean it up. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> it all depends on, I mean, first of all, flight attendants, don't they get paid to do, to do <laughs> Right. I mean, I'm thinking about it. I was like, why did she make such a big deal out of it? Just cleaning it up. Yeah. Well, you, you yeah. know, they, she, she probably had one of them days where, you, you know how like the straw, like the, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. Right. And keep in mind, she messing with her money because what did we learn about flight attendants? They make money when they're in the air, not when they're sitting on the ground. Right. So she's losing out on money, supposedly, because she's holding this plane up. Yep, she is. Um, now, that's somebody that's somebody with control issues. That's what I think. <laughs> You know, uh, I think that she wanted to control the situation. 
And, you know, and it never said whether anybody admitted to spilling the rice, right? Uh, nobody ever admitted to spilling it. Yeah. So I wondered, first of all, so the person brought the fried rice on the plane? Yep. So apparently coming down the aisle, you know, maybe they were fumbling with some baggage and they spilled a large amount of fried rice right there. So, so somebody had to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I'll tell you, um, I don't know, but it sounded like she was just ego tripping to me, man. It sounded like she could have just went on because one of her colleagues ended up doing it anyway, right? Yeah, uh, uh, apparently somebody, you know, broke down and cleaned it up. Yeah, they were they were probably too dumb with her at that time. And that person probably said, hey, you messing with our money. Come on, we got to get this done. You know, so that type of thing. Um, but that's that's a, here again. This is the world we're in. People are, um, you know, people, the mentality that people have. And that's another situation where somebody could have got shot over. Well, I mean, I mean, well, I mean, hopefully they didn't get shot on the plane, but yes. Yeah, well, they, well, they, they hadn't taken they hadn't wrong. taken off yet. They hadn't taken off yet. You never know these days, man. People, people will just, will just walk up to you to hit you or to shoot you or whatever for no reason at all. So, I don't know. Uh, first of all, if she's my if if she was on the plane and I'm watching all of this unfold, I would I would definitely say something to her. It's like. Uh, where's your dustpan and your let me clean it up for you because you're holding this plane up and people got connecting flights and all that kind of right. stuff maybe it's nothing like missing a connecting flight that's the worst oh yeah no you were you right you know you already know so you know so but joe you got anything you want to add she should be fired <laughs> Damn! <laughs> he came, straight to he the came point. Straight up. He came straight up. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Just fire her. Just get rid of her. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't even matter. Just sweep it up and keep moving. Right. Okay. All right. There, there, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, Dave's corner it is. Yes, yes, send it to Spirit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I'm sure that they would they would accept her greatly, uh, either Spirit or Frontier or one of the other airlines, right? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, all right, well, Leonard, thank you for that story, Leonard. We yeah, appreciate yeah, you're it. You're welcome. Okay, all right. Um, hold on here. I just hit my computer here and everything just changed on me um all right so we're going to get into leonard's favorite spot here he don't like to admit it joe but this is his favorite part so at the end of every show I always ask a, a scenario or a hypothetical type question or whatever and leonard always enjoys this part so much so I always you know make sure that i give him something that he's going to enjoy so but this question is for both of you so it says, what two-hour chunk of history would you want a video of if you can have video of any point in history? So if you can go back in time to a particular part of history and you can grab two-hour video of that particular time, what time would that what time would you choose to go back to and so you can have that video what actually happened 
I'm gonna start with the guest first because Leonard looks like he has no clue. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, what time would you go back to? Um, for me, the mo one of the most interesting things, and it'd be hard because it's only two hours, but I would want to see the first settlement of our Nubian ancestors. So I know that they were uh, nomadic people because they were pastoral. So they followed the herds. But eventually we know that they settled down and created the kingdoms of Kush, Kemet, you know what I mean? Nubia um, and so on. So I would wanna see when that, um, that settlement first happened like when when did they when did they decide okay we're gonna we're gonna start creating you know more of a village um situation um from being nomadic wow. so yeah <laughs> that's deep that's deep you Leonard you did you hear what he just did Leonard yeah, Dave, you you should let me go on first. <laughs> you should let me go on. The, the about, to, about to look real shallow now. <laughs> I know he 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 just he just took it he he just took it and just took it to some 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 uh some place that we were you know <laughs> like we're not even here we're not even here right now right Leonard we're doing the can't see look. I got to go like this. Can't see me. <laughs> you know, so, so. But anyway, all right. Well, I guess if we must, we let's hear yours, Leonard. <laughs> I don't even want to say that. <laughs> Dude, I, you know, I was about to just be like Biggie Tupac. Uh, oh, God. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, I, I was already there for that. I see yeah. them. Oh, you, uh, you, uh, you were already there for that? Yeah, yeah, well, I grew up um, in Brooklyn, so I seen Biggie all the time oh, back in okay. the day. So yeah. I can tell you all about right. that. Yeah, well, okay. you know, like, well, I mean, of course, I want to see the video of what actually happened, you know, who who did what. But um, minus that, I don't know. I mean, you know, that, that's a hard question. And, and Dave, you definitely should let me go before a joke because now... <laughs> 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 um, oh, I'm gonna have to take a, a pass for that question. I no, know. no, 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 no. You ain't doing that, man. Come on, come on, come on. No, we you ain't not I know Joe got you shook. I, I get that. I I get he got you shook. But it, you gotta come up, you gotta come up with something, man. Come on. Well here, how, how about this? How about I'm gonna keep thinking, you go, and then I'll go after you. All right. Try and try and <laughs> anyway. All right. I actually had a couple things in my mind, but I I think I'm gonna go with this one. And this was even before video even happened. I would love to have been out there witnessing Christ up on that cross and everything that he went through. Because the, the, just to see what he had to endure physically to be able to stay up on that cross 
and 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 live as long as he did. I mean, you know, they talked about the seven last words, and but you know, he didn't say them like you know, seven words in a in in you know in a, in in a quick sentence. You know, he he you know he had a lot to say during that last. He didn't speak prior to that. He just had a lot to say at that moment, and to see when they when he finally closed his eyes. You know, because you knew, according to the way it's been described and everything, it had to be something that you had to see. Mm. So that's where I would, that's what I would take my two hours. That two hours that led, that from that two hours that led up to him closing his eyes that final time. So that's where mine would be interesting yes all right <laughs> they, I... <laughs> oh my god that look on your face was priceless just then okay yeah, you know, my 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 brain is not braining right now so i'm just gonna stick with biggie and tupac and, and, and call it a day <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah but you would so you would want to take a ride with both of them for that last moment or you would I, I, I did not say a ride you say you're not getting in the car nah, you're I'm not getting in the car not in the car but to, to be a bystander and maybe have a little bit more um, you know 360 vision during mm-hmm. those instances yes yeah, did you ever hear the story that Jermaine Dupree ever told about that, about being with Biggie? Nope, but we, we don't got time for it. So we we'll, we'll oh, no, hear- no, listen, listen to this. He said that he was actually in the car, and Biggie told him to get out the car. That don't ride with me, and he got out the car, and he was shot a few <laughs> moments later. Mm. You imagine that? That's crazy. Yeah. So I'm 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 actually going to use that next time I'm somewhere and someone asks for a ride home or a ride back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's right. for you. Anyway, for your own safety. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for 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 your safety, not mine. <laughs> okay, all right, keep that in mind. All right, well there you have it, folks. Especially Leonard with that answer. Um, you have it. Everything. For the show today, Joe, I'm, I want you to give your social media pages one more time before we sign off. Okay, so with Delaware Music Network on Facebook, also Joe Bellardo on Facebook, and then on Instagram, Average Joe BK, and Delaware underscore Music underscore Network. Um, also, the Open Mic Jam session at Wilmington Public Library, um, May third. That's the first Wednesday of May. Oddly Dope, which is Memorial Weekend on a Sunday. We're going to have a, a, a vegan barbecue as well as uh, Serena Joy and Kima performing. Um, May 20th, we're at Academy for Peace. And we're doing um, self-care Saturday. So we're going to have some services for you, some food, different beautiful things. Follow the pages to get all the details. And yeah, just glad to be here. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, great, great. Well, yeah. folks, folks, you 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 heard all the stuff he has going on. I guess it's no excuse not to go check out some of this stuff. 
So um, mm -hmm. definitely the vegan, um, the vegan um, <laughs> uh, open mic, right? That's the. Uh, That's oddly the, dope. We got the uh, we got the barbecue, and we have some the barbecue, the, the vegan barbecue. That's what I'm talking about. I'm gonna make sure Leonard comes by to get some vegan food. Um, yes, come through, yeah. Leonard. We can yeah, we have some. Yeah. We, we have. We'll make you one of those impossible burgers or something. Oh, I well, love those, man. I'm, I eat I eat plant based. I eat vegan. I, so I, I, the, too. You ain't you, you ain't the only vegan eater. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Good look. Okay. All right. So <laughs> we might have to come through. We have we might have to come through and and grab some food and, get, and listen to some good music, man. Is everything yeah. outdoors? Right. Or is is indoors too? Is it outdoors indoors? It's it, it the the barbecue will be outdoors, but the stage and the performances will be indoors. Okay. Is that a big place? Does it hold a lot of people? It's not huge. It's, it's a, a smaller uh, venue, maybe about 70 people okay. to 100 or so. Yeah. Okay. But it's nice right. and comfy, nice and cozy. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. We might have to come through. We might have to, come, we might have to slide through. So, all right. Uh, okay. I'd love to have y'all there. Okay. All right. Good. Good. And is there a fee, by the way? Oh yes, ten dollar cover. Um, at the uh, the oddly dope is the ten dollar cover. The library is donation based. We ask people for five dollars, but it's a donation, so whatever you want to give. And the self care Saturday, it's going to be a free will offering. Whatever you want to give for okay. that. All right. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Yep. 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 All right. Well, we want to thank you All for right. coming on and spending spending this time with us today. And, um, you know, um, giving us the uh, food for thought that you gave us and telling us about the Delaware Music um, um, Network and everything that you're doing. Stay positive. Keep keep up the good work. And um, Leonard, anything you want to add? No, I just want to echo Joe. Thanks for coming on. Um, that was a lot of good information because I heard Delaware Music Network, but I wasn't. Um, you know, you definitely do a lot more. And. Hopefully some people listening to this show will contact you and, you know, kind of get take or um, get took into the next level, you know, of, of their career. So um, thank you for coming on and sharing that information. It's a pleasure, man. Thank you all for having me. Okay. All right. And with that being said, folks, we're going to say good night to you. Make sure you tune in on Friday to our weekend roundup. Um, you know, that's when we do our, our fun show and, you know, try to keep everything light, get, get away from all the craziness in the world today. But, you know, um, just come out and check us out on Friday, six o'clock. And with that being said, have a good night. And thank you for joining us on News and Trends with Dave and Lynn. Peace. Mm -hmm. next week ladies and gentlemen for another edition of news and trends with your host dave and lynn